1: Yeah. This gonna feel real good, alright? Most dope Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air
2: Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good Welcome the BSH radio, that's right, Broad Street Hockey Radio, we are flying in, we are knocking on the door of a 10-game win streak, that's right, tied it in on the fly. We, uh, we switched up the intro music this week because, you know, why not? 10-game win streak is about to happen starting Wednesday. Oh. They're getting there. They're beating I was Colorado. What's okay, happening.
1: Okay, well. I've already
2: written off Colorado, and I'm thinking about 11.
1: Well, that's foolish. <laughs> My, that's
3: name is
2: <laughs> <cotton>. <laughs> My name is Bill Matz. I am your director of fun and games for the evening. This nine-game win streak has been a lot of fun, and we are going to break it down uh, for, like, I don't know, three, four hours, I think, we're going to go tonight. Roughly. We're, we're just going to go two days off. Uh, people need their Flyers fix. This is the longest they've had off, and it feels like, you know, since the season started, But let me introduce you to my panel. First, a new face joining us. Jay Polinski, how you doing?
0: Doing very well, thank you.
2: That's excellent. My broadcast partner in crime, Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. William. What's up, Steph?
1: That's all. Okay.
2: Last but not least, Charlie O'Connor. I, I I want
3: the old intro back. We'll get it back. So we'll get it back at some point. We
1: I hear there are others
2: in the mix. Who knows? Man, why, maybe there's a holiday remix coming up. That I, would
3: be very very nice.
2: I would be seriously happy about that for uh, Ivan Proverclaws. Maybe something. Maybe something along those lines. I'm hearing get, get
1: something around <laughs> Merry Christmas, the Flyers.
2: <laughs> that's that's this has potential. Jesus. <laughs> <sighs> So uh, we have a we want to get into just a couple couple observations here uh, to start the show. Steph has basically a new idea for a format that I really haven't thought anything about. So why don't why don't you
1: lead us? <laughs> well, why don't you lead us off here, Steph? Basically, what I wanted to do was all of us just spit out a thought for the week, and then we'll all react, which is pretty simple because that's what we do the rest of the show. So my thought of the week is <clears throat> leave Connor alone. <laughs> No. <laughs> Leave him alone! Such a little crybaby. So what? You just beat him. Who cares? Who who really gives a fuck what he's saying after the game that he just lost? Who cares?
2: It looks terrible that the face of the NHL, the greatest player in the league, is worried about a third pair defenseman. Who
1: cares? I, it, me. It looks, I worry. It looks, it. it looks bad for the game that yeah. Connor McDavid just lost to the Flyers?
2: No, it looks bad that he's whining and crying like a little child. I
1: don't believe he cried once, actually. And <laughs> do you see
3: the look on his face. There were some tears. I there were. Like, no I like tears. think he was choking. McDavid play hockey. And that's I really for like
1: me. Connor watching Connor McDavid play hockey.
3: And he's not in the Flyers conference or their division. So whatever. I don't care. I can't wait
2: to beat him in a Stanley Cup final and just see him break down, piss all over the ice. I don't think that's going to happen. I do. Leave him alone. No, he's a little crybaby. Man up. Time to grow up. Ma- man up. Yeah, be a man, not a little boy. Okay. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? It's a sport for grown men. Okay. Grown men don't cry. That's bullshit. Oh, he's being mean to me. The third pair of defenseman's being mean to me. Mommy, cut off the customer of sandwich. That's
1: not what the captain of the Oilers is supposed to sound like. That's not... I mean, that's not at all what he said. He said this guy said on purpose... That he hurt, that he broke my bone, or whatever the Which fuck happened—a
2: crazy concept. Regardless, that he could have possibly done that on purpose. Oh,
1: obviously, but if that's what you're saying on the ice, then whatever. Who, Whee- like, th- this been,
0: it
2: like, who
1: cares? You know who cares about this? Crybabies care about this. Move Whee- on. Move on.
2: I think Carrie Price belongs in jail.
1: Yeah, because you're the fucking crybaby who's <laughs> whining about the player getting getting hurt.
2: Yeah, attempting, actually attempting to injure a player. After he
1: ran into him with his skates. After
2: he was pushed into him by a defenseman.
1: Okay, but he very easily could not have gone skate for, skates first.
2: I don't see how that's possible at all. Okay. A gloved punch is a match penalty. No? Didn't we learn that last yeah. year? <laughs> Wayne Simmons got cross-checked in the head, was looking directly at Ryan McDonough, punched him in the face, and got a match penalty for defending himself. Carrie Price, while a defenseman was holding Kyle Palmieri down, just started blockering him in the head and kidneys. He, that should be a suspension for anybody, but of course, Carrie Price, the Montreal Canadiens.
1: He should he should have been thrown out of the game. That's that is the rule. He should have been thrown out of the game. I don't remember who the defenseman was that was very holding him down while very, his goalie assaulted know, him. He was pulling him away, but at a pace that was roughly. I'll move you an inch per hour. It was it was ugly. But that's as far as I'm going.
3: NHL's racist. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're we're going in there. No. <laughs> jumping no. right in oh there. racist God. against
1: Philadelphians.
2: Oh, that's sh- all it is. They hate Taylor, the city of Philadelphia. Shut off his
1: mic. This, They're racist this, this, against this, Philadelphians. Th- this is the worst 5 minutes they we've hate, ever had of the show.
3: They hate Orange. <laughs> is to Charlie, how in are any, you feeling this in week? In any case, to so jump into something we. I hopefully we all can agree on, there's nothing that amuses me more about the Metropolitan Division aside from Rangers fans giving Henrik Lundqvist shit, and now the Rangers franchise benching him for Auntie Ranta because Auntie Ranta's on a hot streak. I love it. I love when one of our rivals underrates their best player. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing.
1: And just does something stupid. It makes me yeah. really happy. It's great. He was
2: a
3: star of the week
2: this week. He is playing very well.
1: Yeah, but is Auntie Ranta going to carry
3: you to a Stanley Cup?
2: No, no, but is playing the same goalie for 70 games going to do it either? This isn't Brodor; Those days are over. I think a strategic benching, quote-unquote,
3: could work out for him in the long run. Because he's got to carry that team if they're going to make a run. So you probably should let him work through whatever issues. And by the way, he has like a nine thirteen save percentage. He's not been bad. He's been... Not himself, but still perfectly solid. Let him uh, let him be perfectly solid and let him you know what? Actually you know what? Rangers keep being stupid. I, I <laughs> like just, it. just let them just let them, them be dumb. dumb. Let them be dumb. Get, keep keep playing Nati Ranta and then maybe you can get Talbot back.
2: <laughs> I they'll <laughs> will kept. draw back in. That's the thing. He will get back into and be their number one goalie. I don't have a problem with riding a hot
0: streak. Yeah, there's some weird parallels between that situation and Mason Neuwirth, no? <laughs>
3: it's like a little. <laughs> Again, goes back to play the better goalie all the time, except for occasional breaks. But if the, if the Flyers had, quote-unquote,
2: played the better goalie for the majority of the first half of last season, they don't get close
3: to the playoffs. Or maybe Mason works through his issues quicker.
1: Oh. Charlie, just dropped the mic on you, I think.
3: I guess <laughs> we can be theoretical about it. Well, that's what
1: we're doing, is being <laughs> theoretical. One
2: guy actually played well, and you want to take him out for somebody not playing well doesn't and, make and any sense And then what happened?
1: And then Steve Mason carried us to the playoffs. And, and then and
2: had to be taken out in the playoffs because he, again, l- played also, poorly.
3: That was a little bit different because Mason was having some like legitimate family issues at the time. Yes. So I can understand why you might want to Give the guy some time off when like his head's not right, but when his head's right, yeah.
2: Maybe Lundquist point. can't find the right pair of white gloves to put under his pants. Lundquist has
3: the perfect life. There's <laughs>
0: nothing wrong with his life.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what do you have first, Jason? <laughs> so I'm probably in the very, very small uh, minority here, but uh, the NHL obviously is going to make a decision soon regarding uh, players being uh, involved in the upcoming Winter Olympics. And I got to say, I, I, I'm really excited that it's... It's going to happen. There, there's no more NHL and no more NHL players going to participate in the Olympics. Uh, Alexander
3: Ovechkin has something to say. About
0: that. Oh, I'm sure he
2: does. <laughs> but it, that's why I like it. I want to see what happens. They're going to those guys yeah, go.
1: They're going to go. Like yeah. the teams are going to keep playing, and the players are not going to be there. Certain players,
3: certain players like Alexander Ovechkin, who can go to the Russians are going to go. go to Ted Leonsis and say, "Hey, guess what." I'm, I'm out of here for 3 weeks. Peace guys. I'll be back for the playoffs.
1: The the Russians will go, the Canadians will go. So the, the whole
3: sport? I, I don't think the Canadians will go, but no. I think a few, I think some a few of, of the Russians that actually have power in their teams will go.
1: I think some of the Canadians will go. I think some of the Swedes will go. I I think that it's it's going to be a mess and and not only is it going to be a mess this year, but then the the next Olympics, which is I believe in I think it's in China. In China, the NHL is definitely sending players there for that Olympics. Yeah, and
3: one of the TSN guys straight up said, I was like, well, obviously they're going to China because they want to grow the game in China. It's like,
1: yeah. let them go to all of them. It just it doesn't make sense. It's going to be a... a it just It's going to make the sport look so much worse just for this one thing, for them to be like, no injury risk and in the middle of the season, but it's okay for the next Olympics. <laughs> just, as, as we've worked through it for the last ones, but this one in particular, we don't want you to go.
2: I've just always hated the idea of the dream teams and of professionals. The, the Olympics are for amateurs, except agree. for the NBA and the NHL. Those apparently those team they're
3: amateurs somehow well, what, so, what? so except for the two major sports that are in the Olympics.
1: Well, I guess the question yeah. for <laughs> that I have is what to, what qualifies for you as an amateur athlete because a lot of these guys are getting paid outside of the NHL and NBA. Michael Phelps is making millions of dollars. The skiers get millions of dollars. Where does
2: Michael Phelps make millions of dollars?
1: Endorsements.
2: Endorsements not from swimming. Well, I mean, it's that, I basically mean, from swimming.
1: Yes. Also, no, he gets paid when he, to
2: wear a speedo
1: when he I think wins. Make, I think they
2: make money in the World Championships.
1: Yeah, I when think. they win, they get money. Yeah. Like, he like,
2: doesn't. He doesn't draw a salary from his sport if he
3: doesn't win. He doesn't get paid. Well, yeah, but that's because swimming isn't as popular of a sport as baseball or football or hockey. Like if. There was a national swimming league. He would get paid for swimming. It's just because it's not as popular of a sport that that doesn't exist. They can't function with salaries. I mean, they could. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, they could. The International Olympic Michael Phelps average
1: salary five million dollars. Closer to six. From endorsements. No, endorsements are $94 million.
2: (laughs) Why? Who the hell? Why would you pay him? Like, Speedo's Speedo. You don't need Michael Phelps. That doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Oh, that's just his average salary. His 2016 salary in the year that he retired was $12 million. That's silly. Just saying. (laughs) Is he really I would just love to see... I would just love to see college he, he pulled, players. He do pulled it. out a drug testing. He's he's retired. There is one great
2: moment in the history of Olympic hockey in the United States, and it's great because amateurs did it. it see, like, I, I see. I disagree. Patrick Kane beating Sidney
3: Crosby does nothing for me. That's just two guys I don't like. I disagree. <laughs> And then we can go into Flyers. I will say this because maybe the reason why it's not that big of a deal to us when another team wins the Olympics is because the U.S. hasn't won the Olympics <laughs> with their star, with the star players. It's also that. If, if Zach Parise's game-tying goal in the, uh, in the 2010 Olympics, if that would have been the game-winning goal, we'd all remember that and we'd all think that was the greatest thing ever. But guess what? They didn't win, so we don't remember it. It's in strange. Canada, Sidney Crossley's goal is like the greatest thing ever. It's like their miracle on ice, except everyone expected them little a way.
2: Yeah, I, that, that's what's silly to me is like, also, Canada, it, how is it even fair? They could field their third
1: team and still win the gold. Do you, do you want me to get started on the state of the United States <laughs> Olympic hockey? No, we don't have time for all that. No, so I because I could yell about it forever. forever. They're, they're actually, just designed to fail, idiots.
2: I, I want to get into this nine-game winning streak, but... Right before the show started, I uh, saw a tweet from the uh, Philadelphia Flyers' account. Per uh, excuse me, per Ron Hextall, uh, Mark Streit, out two weeks with an upper body injury. This could be an issue, especially if Ghost
3: is still suffering from whatever hand ailment he incurred. It seems like Ghost is relatively okay. He had the x-ray in between periods, the game he suffered the injury, and it came back negative. It just seems like his hand's swollen because he took a really fast slap shot to Mm. the hand against Dallas. And they're just kind of waiting for the swelling to go down. So, might he miss Wednesday's game? Yeah, he might, and and that wouldn't be good because then they're down two of their puck-moving defensemen, and they got to start Nick Schultz, which isn't exactly a good (laughs) thing, especially when you're already starting Andrew McDonald. But... I don't think he's gonna miss more than another game. I was I would assume worst case scenario who's he's back Saturday. So you're just crossing your fingers and you're hoping that you don't have to uh you don't have to throw Schultz out there because Strait being out sucks, but I think Delzato Delzato's true talent is better than Streit's true talent. Like Delzato has been playing worse recently, but Delzato is a better defenseman at this point of his career than Mark Streit is, so it's not really a big loss if you're swapping in Delzato for Streit, but yeah, you obviously don't want to have Ghost out for much longer. That would be really bad.
2: That would be uh, an issue. Just yeah, I was looking it up. Nick Schultz has played nine games this year, hasn't played since November 11th. I I, I appreciate what Nick Schultz is and that... He uh, he just plays a game that doesn't exist anymore. Like that's the game kind of passed his skill set by. But it it would be it would be a real issue to get him in to get him into the lineup right now. Uh,
1: With all the things that Andrew McDonald has and has not done this season, I've started to hate Nick Schultz just a little bit less. And maybe that's just because I haven't seen him on ice.
2: Having Schultz and McDonald in the same lineup would be a
3: real bummer. It's not good. Like <laughs> it, it's not the one interesting thing about this, though. I will say, and it would be fun if Ghost cannot play Wednesday. Is this idea that maybe Provorov could be on the first power play, and that could be really neat to watch? That's the way that uh,
2: the top of the point hasn't looked. As explosive recently, I mean, the power play's on fire, so like we say every show, as much as we have ideas for how things might work better, you don't mess with the best power play in the league. But uh, yeah, Provorov has looked really good on top of that second unit, and that's a unit, other than Konechny, without anybody on it who belongs on a power play unit. So I wouldn't mind seeing that at all, but Ghost not being in the lineup again would be also a huge bummer, because he wouldn't be in, Nick Schultz would be that's like uh, you know that's a minus 2 right there <laughs> like you're putting yourself behind the eight ball a bit
1: I, I i don't have any intel here but i i would expect him to play wednesday it's he's got what four days off cuz he didn't play sunday if it, it, it's i mean he's shy. I can't imagine that he won't.
2: The I, way I the know. injury was yeah. described was soreness. His hands just still a little swollen right. and a little sore. So they they didn't... gave
1: him a game off yeah. and... and it was a back to back.
3: Yeah. You might as well, you know, err on the side of caution in that situation with your, you know, prized young defenseman who you scratch once in a while. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch.
1: Oh.
2: There was some good news today. Uh Jake Voracek, named first star of the week. Second consecutive week the Flyers had a first star of the week. He had nine points. Uh, over the span of last week uh first flyer back to back four-point games since uh I don't know if you've ever heard of him Eric Lindros in 97 98 who that have uh, well, he never bad. heard of pretty 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 good uh all three stars came out of the metro division the the aforementioned Ronta from the Rangers and of course our old pal Sam Gagner <laughs> I won't be pronouncing his name right either, now that he's... <laughs> <laughs> now
1: that he you, you lost the right. Since he's producing for John
2: Tortorella, I won't be produce, pr- pronouncing his name right. Okay, uh, I accept this. And that's where I wanted to start uh, with this, is as great as the Flyers' streak has been nine in a row, they're, they're third in their division. The Metro's really good. Why? <laughs>
3: I think we knew it was going to be good just because it had the Penguins and the Capitals. So at the top of the division, you knew those two teams were going to be very good. We kind of talked about earlier before the season started that we thought the Rangers were going to regress, but that wasn't the general consensus. The general consensus was the Rangers were a playoff team, and they were going to be one of those borderline contenders. The big surprise here, I think people generally thought the Flyers were going to be okay you know, in the playoff hunt probably in the playoffs maybe if things don't I think break people
2: away. expected the exact same standings exactly. as last year Exactly. Basically.
3: The big surprise is Columbus mm-hmm. and they're actually if you break down like the point percentage in terms of how many points they've gotten versus how many points they could have gotten they have the best record in the division. Yeah, the Flyers which, which is have insane.
2: the most games played in the in the whole East, I think. But like uh, they, their schedules, been yeah. great. They, uh, they play every single day. Well,
1: uh, the other surprise for me in the Metro is the Islanders and yeah, how been a mess. bad they've been. Like, what in the world is going on with the Islanders? Capuano
2: just yeah, looks they, like a drunk college professor. Yeah, they like. need to fire
3: their coach. <laughs> like, they absolutely need to fire their coach. It, when you have Travis Hamanek and Nick Letty are like falling apart and Letty's 25, Hamanek's 26. Like guys that are in their heart of their statistical prime should not be having the worst year of their career. Mm-mm. And it's highly unlikely that they both got bad at the same time. It's, it's probably way, just way the more ice. likely that the coach is really bad.
1: And also the ice. It's, pro- and the
3: ice. it's probably just the ice. And that white SUV.
1: <laughs> I-, I was going to say, it's the juju from the SUV. The the Flyers they have played the most games in the league, but they're only one ahead of the Rangers. Um, who played the second most. So it's 31 and 30.
2: But they they do have an impressive number of points, especially considering the way they started the season. But on a when you're when you're on a 9 game winning streak and you know, clearly you're not playing your best hockey every night, but finding ways to win, you have to weigh how are we doing this? How good is this team really?
3: And how good is this team really? I, I, It honestly hasn't... My view of the team hasn't changed much, like, despite this nine-game winning streak. But I was probably higher on the team when the team was doing bad in the beginning of the year, so it's kind of balancing itself out. This team right now, like this roster and this set of players is not that good. (laughs) Even though they're winning, like they're not that good. They're using Pierre Edouard Belmar as their shutdown center. (sighs) They have Andrew McDonald on the top pair. Like they have a rookie as their backup goalie. This team has a lot of holes. The thing is that this is not the Flyers team that we expect to see in January. That team, I think, is good. And that team, while you can't expect them to get nine straight wins all the time, you can expect them to carry play. For the most part, you can expect them to have a great power play. You can expect them to have above-average goaltending. So, I think the Flyers are good. Are they going to rattle off a bunch of nine-game winning streaks and win the division? No, I don't think so. But it's nice to see the results are finally coming through, even if the process over the last two weeks hasn't maybe matched the wins so much. At least at five-on-five, the power play has been great. The goaltending has been great. So we got is that.
2: Why I'm encouraged by it is. Like we talked about last week, to put together a streak like this, especially when your roster is thin the way it is, your best players have to be your best players. This is how they are built to win. The power play has to be really good. Steve Mason has to be really good. That has been the case. And that's why I'm encouraged when they get Sean Couturier back, when they get Matt Reed back, I expect the territorial battle to swing back in their way.
1: Did you? Oh, in the off season, did you ever think that you'd be saying those words when they get Matt Reed back? Like, no. you, like you, you really need it to happen.
3: It's mm-hmm. nice. The, the thing. Is is that he's the same guy as he was last year? He just yeah. scored a bunch of goals in the beginning of the year, so everybody's higher on him. But and he's, he's on the third
2: line, not the second line. True, true. Yeah. No, I get, I get it completely. But he's driving
3: play. He drove play last year. He's driving play this year. And one of my concerns with Matt Reed was that. Before last year, he never really was that great of a play driver. He was okay. He wasn't great. But it does seem like Hackstall's system, particularly in the neutral zone, works really well for him. Because he's repeating. He's doing it again. He's still one of the team's best play drivers. He's still not scoring that much, aside from that outburst in the beginning of the year. But if you're a bottom six forward, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm cool with him being the third line left wing and just helps whatever the third line center is, whether it's Belmar or... Maybe Shen when everybody's healthy that'd be that'd be interesting. I've been Use thinking. Say.
2: I've been thinking that while Shen we've we've spent extensive time talking about how we don't think he's a center, but he might be the best option for third line center on this team if they're just going to be let's push it offensively because that's what we do now.
1: Maybe I,
3: the way I look at it is before. Um...
1: I, I love the Charlie. Maybe maybe
3: no well, before, no Bill uh... before Couture went down they were using. Reed, Weiss, Belmar. And Belmar is not a good play-driving center, and Reed and Weiss, who both have been driving play very well this year, were kind of carrying Belmar to not just respectability, but like the line was doing really well. And the way I look at it is if they can carry Belmar to respectability, I think they can carry Shen. Because I think Shen, despite him his numbers in terms of Corsi and all that not being good this year, like I think his ceiling as a Corsi player is higher than Belmar's. Yeah. So I would expect that even if I don't love Shen at center... I want to keep Raffle on the top line. I like the Konechny Couturier Simmons possible line, so why not try him at three C? Have
2: why we? Not? Has anyone heard anything about Couturier? Like when is? I heard he skated last last week. I believe. What, at what point can we expect him back? I feel like we haven't been given an update on this guy in a little while.
0: It's been what, like four weeks?
3: Uh what had happened? It happened. Uh, I want to say like three weeks ago at this point. Oh, so it's probably about halfway. It looked worse. Like, the way he got carried off the ice, it looked like longer than a four to six week injury. So while I'm hoping he's back be- by between like Christmas and New Year's, I wouldn't be surprised if it's on the far end of the four to six week timeline just because of how bad the injury looked on the ice. I could be totally off and – He's came back early from injuries in the past, so maybe not. He's a hockey player. Yeah, he's a hockey. player. He's not Connor McDavid.
1: Five, five days ago, oh, he was skating.
3: He did skate. That's good. Yeah. That's 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 a good sign. He's probably not even close to full speed, but at least he's mm-hmm. on Started, the ice yeah. and not. You know, I mean, the last time we saw him, he couldn't even put any weight on. His oh, legs, that was so. rough. He
2: looked exactly like Stamkos, and Stamkos was is supposed to miss like
3: four months now, like longer. Yeah, was his a knee? Did he have a knee problem? Yeah. Okay, so I guess he just had a worse tear. Yeah. Okay, um, we t- we talk about
2: Hackstall's lineup optimization pretty much every week on this show. I think it's I think it's a common theme that what are you doing? What Dave are you Hackstall? doing? What are you doing? Can we continue to question it when he's put together like he's he's holding this thing together with duct tape and bubble gum, and they're on a nine game winning streak? So while we don't love what he does with the lineups, it's been effective.
1: Do you want, you want me to take this first? Yes, we absolutely can <laughs> still complain and criticize. Yes, even though the team is finding ways to stay in games. I mean, he's he's done well in, in these past dozen games or so, um, but there's still, if, if there's something that's questionable, like McDonald on the top pair with Provorov, that's something that needs to be asked.
2: We, uh, I, I actually don't hate the McDonald-Provorov pair. And it's not just because I'm seeing Provorov play well, so I'm like, ah, it's fine. Which is, I mean, that's part of it, yes. <laughs> but we talked about how the initial idea with McDonald and Ghost was, okay, Ghost, you do what you do, and you will help us survive McDonald. Provorov is clearly this team's best defenseman. He's your best chance at surviving Andrew McDonald being on the ice. And that's exactly what he's doing. Provorov is playing at a plus level with one of the worst defensive partners imaginable in the sport of hockey.
3: See, I, I, I would buy that to a degree, except for the usage. Like If they were using Provorov and McDonald as the second pair or the third pair and not giving them matchups against top lines, I'd say, yeah, okay, you're basically just having... Provorov try to carry McDonald to respectability, but they're using them as the top pair. They're giving McDonald minutes against every single team's top line, and you don't do that unless you have a lot of confidence. Now, in you don't McDonald. do that. I, I don't care. I don't care who's. I don't care if if Andrew McDonald's paired with Alex Petrangelo with Duncan Keith. Like you don't put a scrub on the top pair and have him face off against top lines unless you think that scrub is actually really good. So or at least good. And I believe that Hackstall thinks that McDonald is playing really well, and I disagree. I will say this, though. Like, we do have to – I think in the stack community sometimes we we stare at these numbers, we think we're right, and then we just act like we know so much more than the coaches and everybody else. Like, you do have to acknowledge that there's a chance that Hackstall is right on this, and we're not. I don't think that's the case but he, it's very well might be I mean this is a guy with a ton of a ton of hockey experience who maybe there's something that we haven't discovered yet in the numbers that would prove that Andrew McDonald is a good fit for this pair and that this will continue over the course of you know the next 2 weeks until people start getting healthy and they can shuffle things around. I don't think that's the case and all I can do is go by what the numbers are telling me and the numbers are telling me that Provorov is not generating strong advanced metrics with mcdonald despite Provorov obviously passing the eye test when you watch him play which leads me to believe that the only reason why the numbers are bad is because he's with andrew mcdonald but you do have to acknowledge that maybe maybe the coach knows something we don't i just based on what i look at on the ice and in the numbers I, i don't see it
2: i uh i i know what you're saying and I I see the exact same thing you're seeing. I will say when McDonald is capable of making because he is he can make the simple plays. He just I don't know thinks too hard or uh, just has has st- many strokes on the ice sometimes. Think, yeah, I don't think it's hockey I when it's that he hard. that that to me is just simple. keeps it simple and makes those p- little plays he's good in his own end and when you have a team that plays defense like the Flyers no they're not a great defensive team and who else are you gonna use like Mark Strite on your shutdown pair Michael Delzado ghost like that those things just aren't gonna work either so if this is your we're going to basically be pinned in our own end anyway because they're against the other team's best line I, I don't hate it
1: <laughs> that, I'd rather Nick uh, Schultz <clears throat> I, I guess I'd you would rather, rather Nick Schultz. Well, then McDonald, uh, he can't skate. It's tough. (laughs) Can Andrew McDonald? Yes, I've seen him stand on his own
2: two skates and (laughs) move his body towards the other end. Was he
1: pushed? (laughs) He could (laughs) have been.
2: I I don't dislike Nick Schultz. I just think his skill set no longer belongs in the game. And you can't play that guy. Andrew McDonald is capable of playing those minutes. Like I've seen him play twenty minutes a game before. Not his well. body, no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm saying his body can physically handle the strain of playing twenty to twenty-two
3: minutes a game. The, the way I look at it, it I think Schultz can't. He's it thirty-four. He's thirty-four years old. Yeah, he even last year he got sheltered in terms of minutes. But the way I look at it with overall is that if you if you think Provorov should be a top pair defenseman in terms of usage, which I I agree, I think he should be. There's there's another guy who. Is a right-handed shot and took Mm -hmm. tough minutes last year and is a lot better than Andrew McDonald, who maybe you could pair him with named Rakagudis. And that, that to me makes sense as the top pair. Granted, they played a couple games before this McDonald pro-roff experiment and didn't look that good together. But I feel like in the end, their talent would probably win out. They'd probably get used to playing with each other. That's what I would like to see. But when you're using pro-roff McDonald against every single great first line they faced over the past week and it, they're still winning games. If it's Five and I, zero. Yeah, like <laughs> they're going to keep doing this. They're going to keep doing this until things start crashing and burning. And, and obviously, you don't want to see things crash and burn because you want to see this win streak keep going.
2: While I think Gudis Provorov is the like that's what I would like to see is the top pair. What are you left with behind that in your second and I mean, third I mean, pair? Ghost and Manning have looked pretty good recently. And you, then you're looking at
3: well, then you're looking at McDonald's Trike. strike.
1: Delsauto still around. Delzado,
3: You're yeah. probably looking at Delzado and McDonald now that straight is out for 2 weeks. Which isn't great, but again, what what's going to be great with McDonald?
1: Why don't we want Ghost and Provorov together? I do. I mean, you just said that you did not.
2: I would I think the the shutdown pairing of Provorov and what other another good defensive defenseman is great. I would like to see those two play together, but I right now then you're not left with a lot that's why I think they can't do it right now
3: I also worry about them in their own end like program's gotten a lot better over the course of the year but Ghost is still spotty he's always going to be spotty that's why you shelter him and if you put him with Perveroff, you're probably going to be giving them tough minutes. And do I really want Ghost matching up against Connor McDavid and Barkoff and Sagan? No, I want Ghost against the second and third line so he can eat them alive. Like that's how Ghost is going to flourish in the NHL. I don't really want him as my shutdown defenseman, and that's not a slate against Ghost. It's just not who he is, and we shouldn't try to make guys into stuff into something they're not. Mm. Ghost is going to be, in my mind, for the next ten years, a an amazing number three defenseman. He's the guy who's your better player on your second pair who takes the easier minutes and destroys in them. And that's great. But we don't need him to be a top pair defenseman because, well, we have Proverov.
1: I like it.
2: Yep. And that's, you need that to win a cup. Like, yeah, like that's not a slight to say this is who he is. You need that guy very much to win a cup. Uh, can we take a vote real quick? Oh, God. <laughs> Provy Juan Kenobi or Ivan Proverclaws?
1: Neither zero. I'm I'm walking out. I'm burning it. <laughs> I, I, I I'm going with
3: one or the other. I actually don't hate pervy one. It's great. Like, Star Wars all the way.
1: Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's,
3: good. I mean, it's really lame, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> like
1: super lame. I'm it burning would make the such ballot. a
2: good shirt. Like instead of a like like a lightsaber stick. Like how awesome would that
3: be? Pass. <sighs> you guys. Yeah, the just, only problem is you're you're he's 19 years old and you're giving him like the oldest character in Star Wars That's <laughs> well, he's not Yoda issue. I mean granted he's he's. they say he's like you know old beyond his years like he's a he plays yeah. like a veteran he's all so powerful so and all go, knowing we're going with that but yeah. he's still 19 he's not Yoda you know like okay he's not like hundreds of years old
1: <laughs> we'll go with we'll like go Mark Streit we'll go
2: with Ow. the we'll I go know. with the prequel Obi-Wan where he's like the young guy no, okay. Uh, everyone hates those movies. I know. Uh,
1: That's I do. Absolutely not true. There is,
2: there is uh, one. I Steph was asking on Twitter uh, before the show tonight. Who are we going to uh, complain about? Yes. And I don't want to complain. Oh but God! I if, voice... you're, if
1: you are about to do what I think you're going
2: to
3: do, we're not complaining. We're trying. to I want to voice a concern. <laughs>
2: I have a concern that Travis Konechny hasn't scored a goal oh in sixteen games.
1: I don't. I don't. I,
2: I delete this recording.
1: I, I you're going to complain about Travis Konechny. I'm going to. The, the I'm rookie. Not complaining. He's complaining. He, the, the rookie. I'm voicing
2: concern that he has zero goals and five assists in his last sixteen games. That's not second line
0: production. Well, who is he playing with?
3: <laughs> there's. There's your answer. Uh, it's Perfect. As as we talked about last week, it's, it's no coincidence that Konechny's production started dropping off the minute Sean Guterrier got hurt. And it's not just because Sean Guterrier is this amazing player. Because while Sean Guterrier is very good, Travis Konechny is very good. It's more that Sean Guterrier has been replaced by first Nick Cousins and then Braden Shen. One of, the first one is a bottom six center. The second one really isn't even a center. So... Is it that shocking that Connecty's having trouble scoring when his line is getting buried in the defensive zone all the time? Not so much. At the same time, you'd love to see him, you know, break through with a couple breakaway goals, some transition goals. That'd be nice. But and, he's a rookie, as Steph said, and he's going to go through growing pains, and he's going to go through stretches where he gets frustrated with himself and grips the stick a little bit too tight. But As from what we saw the first month of the year, I'm fully confident he's going to bounce back.
2: I'm not saying he's not going to—he could very well turn out to be a superstar like we all think he could. Uh, There's one major issue that's—because I I understand he was playing with Couturier and Voracek, who are two of the four best players on the team, and now he's not playing with those guys, and he is a rookie. I understand all these things. My one concern with him is he doesn't appear to have a plus shot. If he is not scoring on a tip or a breakaway, it doesn't look as if he can beat a goalie. And he wasn't, he was more of a, we all knew he was more of a playmaker than the sniper that we've all been dying for. But I would, he gets, he still generated some chances, especially recently. And he's kind of hit the goalie square every time. That is a bit of a concern to me. That his shot doesn't seem to be enough to produce goals when he, because he creates the situations for himself with his speed and with his hands. I would like to see a little bit more finish.
1: I'm not worried. I, this is all, all I'm going to say is I'm not worried. He's played 31 professional games. He's still learning. He's got new line mates who are not supporting him as well as the the line mates at the beginning of the season. He'll figure it out. He's still exciting to watch.
2: Oh, that's that's undebatable, that he is very exciting to watch. When he creates exciting plays, I would like to see him capitalize on.
3: That. Yeah, and one thing I will say about Shooter's Transitioning to the NHL. And this is I, I really don't like this player, but he I believe it was in a players' tribune article. James Neal basically explained. James Neal is a sniper. He's he scores goals. I think he scored 40 in Pittsburgh. Like now now he's in Nashville. He's he's, he's a scorer. He's a yeah. He's a his guy, jobs. He's a puck guy puck who's paid to score goals. And when he got called up for like his first practice, he was trying to take shots on goal against an NHL goal. I think it would I forget who it was at the time, but he couldn't beat him. And he has a great shot. He had a great shot at that age, but he just he didn't know the tricks. He didn't know how to look off a shot. He didn't know that, hey, against an NHL goalie, you can't stare at the corner you're going to pick and yeah. shoot at it because the goalie's going to stop him because it doesn't matter if my shot's going to the top corner. The goalie's fast enough reaction time is going to block the shot. And that might be what we're seeing with Kinect because I don't look at his shot and think it's like, impotent like he, no no like he has he had the velocities there the release is there he just you're right he hasn't been going in and maybe that's him learning how to school NHL goalies because he didn't have to do that in juniors because he could just overwhelm them and maybe that maybe that's was maybe it's not and maybe he's never gonna be a goal scorer but I do think it's too early like he's not a Patrick line a, but that doesn't mean he can't be a 25 goal scorer in the NHL with time
2: okay all right. That's uh yeah, uh, I that article was excellent the James Neal. Yeah, they yeah. like it, they did like that series of uh like tell like without using clichés, describe your job. Like what is your actual job? And he was like, "My job is to be a sniper in the NHL. Like I am supposed to shoot and score." And it was so much little stuff. Like when the when the defenseman has a stick out and it's angled a certain way, a rookie's gonna think he's going for a poke check, but he's not. He wants you to shoot and it's gonna deflect your yeah. shot right into the stance. Like and it, it was just little stuff like that. And that excellent point, Charlie. Uh Charlie makes those. <laughs> Is Braden Shen back? Did we fix him? No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> kind of? <laughs>
2: He had four goals over the weekend. Uh, he had the power play hat trick and then that just gorgeous game winner. There was a guy who was on this show and said, man, if Braden Shen would just use his big ass and power his way <laughs> to the net, he would just put in goals. There, there and was what do you something. know? What do you know? Was that Kurt? It might have been. It might have been. It might have been <laughs> crut. Uh.
1: <laughs> so... I I'm, I am thrilled to see his confidence back, and and that he's he's shooting. And Steph is bra going lady, in. but at
2: home. At, oh she my God! She her underwear, it,
1: like <laughs> swinging the bra around, throwing it at my TV. I was so excited. Um but then, you know, there's there's the criticism that comes in that it's not at 5-on-5. Five five. The same thing that, that Giroux went through however long ago, last season, the season before, that he's not scoring at 5-on-5 five five at, at home. It was it was was at especially home, at home. Even strength at home. <laughs> like, I, I get that that's a concern, but can we just be happy that he scored four goals within 16 hours? Hold on. Nope. The other one. 26. <laughs> hold on a full day.
3: <laughs> no, I mean, and this is what we
1: can be happy, right? Like this oh, is like, this good yeah. thing.
3: This, this is what you pay and Shen to do. You pay mm-hmm. and Shen to score goals and rack up points. That that's really what it comes down to. You're not paying for him to be a Voracek. If you were, you'd be paying eight million dollars a year. You're not paying. You're not even paying for him to be a Guterrier who maybe isn't going to score as much as you wish, but he's going to drive play. He's going to play great defense. That's not and Shen. You pay Brandon Shen to score goals and to create opportunities for his linemates to score goals. So it's great that he's scoring. At the same time, there's a little bit of a difference between Shen and Giroux at five on five because with Giroux, it really was just the goals. Like he wasn't scoring goals, but he was still setting up goals at five on five and he was still driving play at five on five. Yep. Whereas Shen really wasn't doing anything positive at five on five. And that's why it is fair to say that, Yes, he had a great weekend. 100% had a great weekend, helped the team win two games. But he's still not playing great at 5-on-5. I will say on Saturday, his line was very good. They drove play there. I think they're actually one of the best. They might have been the best play-driving line on the team. And then Sunday, they kind of fell back in old habits and kind of got beat down pretty bad by Detroit. So the one question that is fair to ask is, Maybe Shen is really turning the corner. It's just that we're not seeing it in his underlying numbers because he's playing center, and he's you know, not a he's second not line really center. A center. No. Like maybe if he can move back to wing, he can keep his scoring gains that he's showing in other situations, and then not be a liability in terms of play driving because he doesn't have as much responsibilities. That's possible, and that's kind of my hope.
1: So look, we had we had a conversation today, Charlie, um, because you made a note still not driving play at five on five and i asked has he ever
3: so the short answer is no but he hasn't been this bad okay so if you go back on his last four seasons last season he was my i'm using coursey relative teammate which is a stat on stats.hockeyanalysis.com which is basically it measures how his teammates do without him and how, what, what their course is without him. So if you have a negative coursey relative teammate, it means your teammates do better without you. If you have a positive, it means they do worse without you because you're essentially dry, dragging up their play. So last year, Shen was negative 1.3%. The year before, he was literally break even 0. 0.0. The year before that, he was negative 2.1. And the year before that, he was again break even 0. 0.0. Now, yeah, he was negative two out of those four years, but like that, that's not awful. They're that's not, he's basically breaking even. Yeah, they're not awful numbers, and over over the four years, he's basically broken even. His worst year being, I think, the year where he was with Vinny, which I mean, that's not well, that that big of a shock. <laughs> this year, he's negative six point two, which is really really that's bad. really bad. So like, has Shen played Has Shen been a play driver in the past? Not really, but he's never been this actively bad at it, which is the concern, and that's what you're hoping he gets better at over the course of the year, because the first half of last year he was really bad, too. So that's the hope is that he was a really bad play driver the first half of last season, second half of last season. Not only did he start scoring a ton, he drove play really well, too. So, he's capable of turning around. We just gotta hope he actually does it. That's, I mean, my
2: concern with Shen to start the year was he had four goals. He has since doubled that. (laughs) And that's a really good thing, because like, he's supposed to put the puck in the net. Someone else is supposed to do all that other work. The other two guys, that's their job to get him the puck in the offensive zone. When that that was happening, he still wasn't scoring. Now it's going in. If that continues, I have no problem. Uh, I don't think he's a second-line center. When Couturier comes back, maybe maybe move him over to wing, maybe keep him at third-line center, where I think he would just have more favorable
3: matchups. Yeah. Uh, and I he, don't even know if I'd keep him at center. No, I wouldn't. <sighs> yeah, that's the concern. But at the same time, if you don't keep him at center, then either you put your faith in Cousins or you just accept the fact that Pierre Ador Belmar is your third-line center
1: and the face that Charlie yeah. just made to go along with that comment. I think with
3: if you have him with
2: with say Matt Reed, uh their both of their offensive creativity could outweigh any other sort of negatives uh that would come from that kind of line, but and uh, it's there's that's my favorite part about this streak. That's what has me in such a good mood about this team right now is that I am still of the mindset this is
1: a good mood? Yeah. <laughs> I've <laughs> I've complimented every player on the
3: team. How can you not be in a good mood?
1: Yeah.
2: with yeah. nice straight games? That's what has me in such a good mood well, about this team is I still see this as a team in transition and a, a, a very incomplete roster. And they are capable of putting together a run like this based solely pretty much on the strength of their a handful of their best players and their goaltender. That's a big deal. Because that's that's how these things go throughout the course of a season. Those are the guys you lean on in these situations. And nine in a row. That's awesome.
1: And you know who else is on a win streak? The Sixers, two in a row. We've got our Reading Royals on an eight-game win streak. The Phantoms have won seven of their last ten. Our, our babies are, are doing pretty good.
2: There's a, There was a clip. Of a, a Sam Moran fight from this, <laughs> from, from this weekend. Can we really call it a fight? Oh, my God. I can't wait for him to come up here. So,
1: all right. I can't wait. There there are things that I have to say about this, because I <laughs> love hockey fights. Like, I love hockey fights. I love just blatant displays of masculinity. <laughs> Unless it's I mean, Conor I mean, McDavid, really, and then, you know. Why do you keep bringing him up? Like you're the only one who cares. You're the whiner. It's you. Oh yeah, it's me. I'm writing the story. So though.
2: I'm writing for anyway, TSN now. If, in case anyone knew, I am actually drawing an income from TSN.
3: Can you get me a job? <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um. So this video, it's. I mean, the, the 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 little guy whoever Sam Moran fought did accept the fight, and and he's. How tall is he? Like six...
2: Six, seven? Six, seven. Yeah, he's seven foot on skates.
1: So, and, and I think this guy was like 5'10". Sam, Sam Moran easily had a foot on this, on this kid. And he accepted the fight like an idiot. And... moran just he knocked him to the ice and then ragdolled him just like picked him up and just kept slamming him with one arm into the ice which honestly
2: i think is more fair than if he had punched him and killed him
1: well when when he's down (laughs) like blown up his face i don't i don't like the idea of driving him into the ice after he's already down like let him like you obviously won very quickly
3: i don't know what the refs were doing
1: what yeah. like, the refs? Once the guys in
3: on in the there, ice? Yeah, I guess the refs were scared. <laughs> of it. The refs were like,
1: no, we're gonna let Sammy do his thing. But I mean, yeah. it, I don't like to see that. That being said, I can't. I can't wait for the guy that throws around grown men on our team. Oh, hard <laughs> like, to watch. It, it's, it was hard to watch. Not for me. And you well, want Carrie Price in jail? There
2: was something hard about it, but it wasn't the ability to watch it. Oh god! Tell oh, you god. That.
1: oh god! <laughs> so Jay. Tell us about these phantoms.
0: Yeah, so um, they're good.
1: Hey, uh, I love to hear that. He's not the best color man in the league oh. for nothing, folks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, how often, how many years do we go by and the phantoms are just not very good. Ever I, since they left? Yeah, they, they, you're right. Ever since they left Philly and went up to Adirondack, now they're back down in Lehigh, and, you know, they came up with a new strategy this year. They brought in some, you know, pro AHL players to, you know, take some of those tough minutes and some power play specialists, and it's, it's all working, and combine that with the excellent... You know, goalie play of, you know, Lion and Stollers and, the, you know, the influx of the young talent. It, it's just all coming together and, you know, it's exciting.
1: It, it makes me so happy that they're just, on every level, they're just doing really well. So, Jordan Wheel leaves, leads the Phantoms 26 points in 23 games, fourth most in the AHL. Does he get a call up? I, you know,
0: I, I, I was a little disappointed that he didn't get as much time as, you know, I thought he should have had um, when he came over in the trade last year. Mm. And I understand he was learning the system. I believe he might have been dealing with some um, injury type stuff as well, and I don't recall. But, um, you know, he's, he's proven now in the last few years in the AHL that, you know, he's a He's a good player. He plays a two-way game. Um, he's he's a pretty good skater. I mean, I've always compared him to something like a Nick, a better skating Nick Cousins. And, I, I yeah, I don't know what is you know what needs to happen for him to get that chance. Uh, but I'd like to see it sooner or later.
3: I, I would. Yeah. If,
0: okay. Go ahead, Sean. No,
3: I just I feel like I feel like he just he's unlucky because he's ended up in two organizations that play that have styles of play that don't really fit what he does best. He played for L.A. He got drafted by L.A. L.A. is a heavy four-checking team that just wants to basically dump the puck in the zone and then beat the living crap out of you and cycle and cycle and cycle and score. And the Flyers are basically the smaller version of L.A. They kind of want to do the same thing. So much of their game is based around disruption in the neutral zone. They play and dump and chase. They have an ultra-aggressive four-check. It's not L.A. totally. But there are some similarities. It's not surprising. Hextall came from L.A. It's not surprising he want to kind of build a similar style of you know of play from his team. And I don't think Wheels a good fit for for that style. It, you mentioned Nick Cousins as a comparison. I think that's a, that's a solid comparison. But the guy who I always, especially it started start last season when he finally got the call up and did really well, the guy who I keep coming back to when I when I look, watch Jordan Wheel is Connor Sheary. And mm-hmm. Connor Sheary very well may have just kind of. Been in limbo and been a quad A guy, except Sullivan got hired by the Penguins. Sullivan knew him because Sullivan was the coach down in, uh, I, down with the the A Penguins, wherever they are. Um, and like Connor Sheary and got him called up. And then, boom, Connor Sheary became a really good player and he fits Pittsburgh's system because it's a fast paced attacking system. I don't know if Jordan Wheel fits the Flyer system. My guess is there's probably a system out there that fits Jordan Wheel. I don't know if there are a lot of teams in the NHL that play that system, though, unfortunately.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. I like Jordan Wheel. I'd like to see him get a shot, and he'll probably get a shot if the Flyers ever get a ton of injuries in the top six. But aside from that, it just it sucks because you wonder how many of these guys—I don't know if Jordan wheels this guy— but you, you wonder how many of these talented players get stuck with the tag of quad A, and they just never get a shot. And maybe they're better— than players who are consistently in the NHL like Chris Vandevelde because oh well they're a fourth model. <sighs> it's like, well, there are guys in the AHL who probably are more talented and more skilled and can yeah. be more productive, but they've just gotten that label. And once you have that label, you're dead. Yeah, it like you you cause It
2: does have a lot to do with the labeling as well. Like we always say, like oh, your first, second, third, fourth line. Wouldn't you just rather have a like a top line and then three second lines? Like, isn't that how you would want to do it? Like, if a team were to, if more teams were to adapt that philosophy the way the Rangers have, for instance, like uh, I I feel like more guys like that would get a chance
1: as. As Charlie was talking, I'm like, oh, well, you know, there's always training camp and they could prove their way. But then when you mentioned Chris Velde, like there are so many other guys that could produce that we have in the system. And now I'm mad again.
2: I would just I would love to see at some point Jordan Wheel get that uh, get a chance at that that 3C spot, perhaps between a, a Reed and a Shen. I feel like that like. That kind of skill, uh, different skill sets would would really complement each other. I wouldn't mind seeing something like that.
1: And what do you do with Liebomov? I don't care. Put him on the fourth line. I don't like that answer.
2: Belmar, Liebomov, and whoever, <laughs> like someone else. You know, like uh, it's, but oh. it's tough. Like and it's tough. Like I would love to see Jordan wheel up here because I. He's done nothing but produce at the AHL level. Every, everywhere he's been to this point, except the NHL, he's done his job, so you, you want to see him get his chance, but you know, nine-game winning streak again, I, I'm not in a hurry to, to screw with anything right now.
1: You know who else produced at the AHL level consistently and not in the NHL? Jason Ackerson.
2: I'm well aware. We talk about Jason Ackerson every week. I know. That guy <laughs> couldn't skate. Uh, that was he had no he had really no interest in playing defense and he he couldn't really skate all that fast at all.
1: So we're we're running out of time, but there is somebody that I want to talk about uh before we look around the league. Um Roman Loopstoff, Rubstov, I German yeah. German, yeah. German. German? German. Oh, all right. That's so I got it, I got it wrong the whole way. Um, I am sick of seeing his name. And I, I, I tried to have somebody, to, somebody being Charlie, talk me back down to earth today because I feel like I've been seeing these rumors for at least, at least a month about how he's going to be rescued out of the KHL. They're going to bring him over to the Q or the CHL or the, oh, that's under the CHL, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, Whatever. Um gonna bring him over because he needs to be rescued from the KHL because they're misusing him and, and he's been sent down to their minor league and he's not even getting ice time there. It's like somebody somebody about <laughs> <Is> his fault. <laughs> it's, it's not his fault, but I'm I'm sick of seeing the rumors and and all of this this chatter and this nonsense. What the hell is actually going on?
3: And the reason why you're seeing so many rumors is because this is always just such a delicate situation. Mm. Like, no
1: one—I'm <laughs> the person to handle delicate situations,
3: <laughs> <laughs> but no one can really come right out and say what's going on because it's all behind closed doors. Like, technically, what has to happen—he's refusing this situation... to dope, and they're like, "You have to keep you doping, have to keep doping." <laughs> but what technically has to happen in this situation is basically <laughs> the player has to essentially pay his way out of the contract in the KHL and. Players don't tend to have a lot of money at this point of their career, so this there. is when you get into the gray area of like, okay, well, who's actually going to pay it? The Flyers are not technically allowed to. So why the it, hell
2: not? Comcast? So Can't it, they just send some internet but, but over there? Again, <laughs> this is
3: this is why it's such a weird situation. Mm. So he's coming over for most likely for the uh, the World Junior Championships, and what yeah, the rumor is. is is that well, he hasn't officially made the team, but it's likely he will make the team in some form or another the rumor is is that he's never going to go back that basically he's going to come over for the championships and he's just going to stay and then they're going to work out some deal and he's are his rights are already owned by the team political in the refuge the <laughs> I, I, I love it <laughs> But that, that, and that's why it's such a weird situation because no one can like totally show their cards because there is a lot of maneuvering that's got to go on here and that's why there's just a lot of uncertainty and why you're getting angry
1: okay uh, I but want I, but I need to calm down, is what you're saying? No,
3: no. you Feel free to get angry.
1: Oh, thank you. I want to do
2: that look around the league, Steph, but we got a question on Twitter today that I wanted to pose real fast mm-hmm. from uh, Ryan Quigley. Uh, he's ha- He basically is asking, with you know, stolar's has looked very good. When Neuvert comes back, wouldn't it behoove the Flyers to move him get something for him before his contract expires and kind of move Stolars I mean it's a half a season now it's a half a season before you expect him to be the backup of the flyers make him the backup now would it be better for the flyers to do that and get something for Noehler
1: so i i get really i get really excited about a lot of stuff and and baby hockey players are one of them I just get really excited but I have to bring myself like back down to reality Stolarz has played two games one of them was a shutout the other one was a win but it's still two games he
2: continued. he still has the all time highest 5v5 save percentage in the history of the game
1: He's played two games. <laughs> He's played two games. And that's that's I I literally have to repeat this to myself because I'm I'm on this. All right, let's let's see what we can get back for Neuvert because I think it makes sense. Kind of.
2: Um And because they're going to be parting ways with one of these goalies at the end of the season. Well it's happening regardless. The, the question
1: that I also have um, which I probably should have looked up before we started recording. Nah. Um, the expansion draft is Stolars eligible? He was pro yes. last year. Yeah,
3: he can. He can be. Uh, he can be poached. He'll have to be protected. I, I don't think he will get poached, but he could be. He could be poached. Either.
1: Okay, so so they would have to. They would
3: have to protect him, which would mean not protecting whoever of Mason and Noivert they pick.
1: Got it.
2: Okay, so. Patrick Line is such a good goal scorer. He's now scoring for the other. Oh, team we're now we're now
1: looking around the league.
2: Yeah, the, we're, yeah. I moved on. We got like two minutes. Oh,
1: Patrick Line. <laughs> I, How great was that? I So my first reaction was a laugh. And then it was, oh, God, I feel so bad for him. He's 19 years old. And then I've, I've gone back to laughing. Like, all,
0: all I did was laugh. Does it, that make me a bad person? No, not okay. at all. all right, good.
1: I, I, well, like I said, I get, I get, I get too maternal over these. The, could the he have happenings. possibly
2: been trying to play that puck into the corner around the net and just decided? Well,
1: that's their story. Sorry, I, th-
3: I thought you were going to say, could he possibly have had money down on that
2: game?
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's what I think
2: happened. That's their story.
1: Story. He's um,
2: point shaving. I'm telling you. His, he's made its way to hockey.
1: His team in... Shen's been doing it for where, years. Where was he He came from Finland? Did he play... Yeah, yeah, he's Finnish. But did he play for... Fin, where did he, he play he before Finland? He played that? for
3: like a team in Finland.
1: Okay, well, their jerseys, whoever it was, they kind of looked like Oilers jerseys. Like, they were... Are we blaming it on that? No. I, I don't... Like I Maybe. honestly... Like, yes. <laughs> I honestly... That was a snipe. I don't know what no, he was he, doing.
2: He hit the far corner. Like
1: he was, was he picked his spot and oh, oops. like is
2: that just straight up muscle memory? Like you're coming in, there's a rebound coming to you, there's a gaping net, and you just hit it. It's, I, I it didn't look at all like he was trying to wrap that puck around the boards.
1: It didn't at all. Uh, I don't know. Poor kid. I, I feel I do feel bad for him. Um, our other around the league notes. WTF is happening in Columbus. We already kind of talked about that. Um, Concussion spotters are a good thing. Oh, absolutely.
3: Yeah, why not? I I mean, they're going to make mistakes once in a while, like they did with Conor McDavid, but... If we didn't get that mistake, then we wouldn't have gotten that great line from Pat Maroon. <laughs> <But> the, <laughs> that's that too. That's the way I look at it.
2: The McDavid thing, because I, when I played when I was younger, like when they were just figuring, oh yeah, use this special mouthpiece and it'll prevent concussions. Like okay, like yeah, we were told, like <laughs> we, we were told, like the shock of hitting like your jaw or your chin. Is could create like the impact for a concussion. It could. So like McDavid falling on his chin, like it's not like they were making something up. Like, no. That could very well create a concussion. Any My impact. issue with the concussion protocol, and it's it's all a good thing. Shouldn't everybody involved in a fight be subject to it? Yeah. Like, yes. Shouldn't yes. one single punch yep. to the face? I've been punched in the face. You can get knocked out. You can be given a concussion yeah. with one punch. <laughs>
1: you can get killed with a punch, uh, yes. At the
3: very least, anyone who Sam Moran anyone who fights against Wayne Simmons should immediately go to concussion. <laughs> Anybody who wants to fight against Wayne that's Simmons true. should be subject
1: to a No, I, I agree. No, that's something that should happen. And, and people are complaining it's slowing down the game. Stop it. It's a good thing.
2: We've learned enough about the brain. Is, like I watched, you know, if we just knew a little bit more about how the brain worked, maybe Eric Lindros isn't in the Hall of Fame and you're thinking, man, and he's a what-if player. Like, maybe that what-if is a lot... It, a lot of things could be a lot different if we yep. just understood these things better. I mean, yeah, so many
3: players. Yeah. Pat LaFontaine, like, great players who had their careers halted by concussions. All
2: right. so... Uh What are we thinking? How long do we think this streak's going to go? When does it come to an end? Because it's
1: all good things come to an end. We've got the Avalanche on Wednesday. We have the Stars on Saturday. We've got the Predators on Monday.
3: I think the... I want to say they'll lose it on... I think they're going to beat Colorado because Colorado's trash. They're just really, that's the of course they're, the they're, game. They're, they're, they're really bad, <laughs> yeah. and if they lose to Colorado, it's going to be one of those games where they shoot forty. They take forty shots, and Varlamov just stands on his head. Mm-hmm. Dallas is a, is a toss up. I think they will lose to, to Nashville. I, I do believe that that if the, if the streak goes that far, that's where it's going to end. Okay, my opinion. Hopefully I, uh, I'm
1: wrong. Winning all three. Boom. I'd I'd rather not bet against the team. Okay.
0: Same.
2: All right. I, I, yeah, I think I don't think it comes to an end till Wednesday the 21st against the Capitals. Oof. Rivalry night, of course.
1: No, no, they'll win against the Capitals, and they'll lose to the Devil. That
2: is all the time we have for you this week mm-hmm. on BSH Radio. Thank you for listening. Uh, stay tuned. Wildfire Radio yelling about sports with uh, Steph and I is up next. So uh, have a great week, Philly. Are you ready to talk-